Blog Talk Radio. Greetings, and another beautiful Saturday morning. Um, this is the fifth show that I'm having, and I know I've had some technical difficulties in the past with my connection, you know, when I try to speak with people from Belize, but we've, you know, we have worked those things out, and, you know, it's uh, something that progress. So, you know, we... We have decided that, um, you know, we must continue and we can't let those little setbacks uh, dissuade us. Again, my fellow Belizeans, I want to greet all of you in the name of peace, a universal greetings. And, you know, we're still looking for that universal peace that the world can't seem to give. And here we are, and God has blessed us to come into another day. And for that, we should be thankful. Um. As a Belizean who is living in the diaspora, and what do I mean by that? You know, someone who resides outside of the country of Belize, but was born and bred for all practical purposes in Belize. Um, you know, we are very concerned about the direction, and not only the direction, but also the policies that this uh, country is thinking, you know. um, And so we, you know, we we have a vested interest to understand and to develop an identity that we can promote so that we can better develop our country. I mean, that's something that, you know, that we should all have a commonality about. And um, I'm not here trying to uh, browbeat anyone. We're trying to, uh, you know, perpetuate the partisan divide. That's not what I'm about. I'm not about, you know, dialing into the same old narrow trajectory of blue or red or the same old paradigm that says if you if the only way you can develop this country, the only way you can have proper sustainable development is to do it under on the, on, on the auspices of either the PUP or UDP. And I'm not, you know, that to me is a very narrow-minded, myopic view because it doesn't take into consideration all the other attendant variables why the country is in the position that it is now. And so if you really want if to, you, if you say you're sick and tired of what's going on, then you need to have an enlightened view, if you will. You need popular education then. You, need, you, really, need to take a, you, need, you really need to take a comprehensive look of what has happened to the world since the Cold War. Since you know, since the Cold War, and since we have no only one superpower, United States, we need to really take a look at what has happened to the world in that perspective, and where Belize's role is in that world. And look, October Paz, who is you know 
you know, a poem, you know, he's a writer out of Mexico. He wrote a poem called Labyrinth of Solitude. And I, as I reflected on that poem, I said, you know, one of his arguments was that, that as a humanist, you know, he said that most humanists take a primary role as the intellectuals. But according to Paz, to be an, to be an intellectual, it is necessary to distance oneself from the subject that you're studying and criticizing so that the argument remains critical yet rational and objective. He further uh, argued as the intellectual gets more involved with the political environment, his arguments can often become influenced by other factors such as political motivation and pressure to conform. Okay, well, let's examine that. The, un- the underlying assumption is that, you know, that's the conundrum that, that, that confronts some of us in the, in the literati, you know, and particularly those who want to get active in two-party politics because it's like, okay, you want to draw constructive criticism, but how can anyone take you serious or how can anyone, how can anyone decide that what you're saying is credible if you are tied by the umbilical cord to the very system that you're passing judgment on? You, it, 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 it's just, it just wasn't... It just won't have any credibility or substance among those who, who, <clears throat> who are genuinely looking for change and who want to see a difference. Because the thing about it is this, right? How can you, um, you know, you, you, how can you be faced with the choice of being a person who wants to be for the people, but at the same time, you are tied to a philosophy that suggests that the only way you can help your people, the only way you can develop having a sustainable development for your people is to do it within the narrow trajectory of PUP or UDP. No, I'm not suggesting that there's anything wrong with PUP or UDP. I'm only suggesting that we need to examine our contemporary interpretation of what development means as it relates to these two entities that continues to suggest that they're the only way forward when there's an abundance of evidence that whatever it is that they're suggesting simply is not working. What they, have, what they have given to you is a self-mutilating, cannibalizing system that tear each other, up, tear each other down to, to promote each other. So in other words, it's, it's almost like they have a symbiotic relationship. They, one cannot exist without the other. You cannot defend one without defending the other. You cannot bring down one without bring the, bringing down the other. They're almost like it's, it's, it's the most sickest relationship one can ever have, one can ever have between two parties. And we as the people are caught in the middle of that myopic persuasion. And this is where we need popular education to enlighten us from, so we can have a better direction of, of where we want to go as a country. We can develop a road map for progress, a road map for development. So, you know, the thing about it is this, right? There remains a lack of resolve, even though people say that they're sick and tired of this, there's a lack of resolve to challenge the citadel of privilege or to challenge the validity of the status quo. You know, many of us who, you know, who are very bright individuals, I mean, I was looking the other day and, you know, I couldn't help it. And I, you know, they had the opening of the Supreme Court and I saw all these brilliant young Belizean lawyers, attorneys, and I shook my head and I said, my God, look at all that talent. But, What's the use of having talent if you, if you, you know, I, I'm, I'm asking myself, is the utilizers training these lawyers just to, to be zombies? 
Because they don't question anything. Where is the critical thinking? They just basically go back home to the individual countries around the Caribbean and plug into the very myopic system that I'm describing and perpetuate it and, makes it even, you know, and make it even more bedeviling for the average uh, working class uh, uh, citizens that they're, that they're supposed to represent. You know, they enhance, if you will, this system, this, this, this cannibalizing system, these, these, these lawyers. They don't have any consciousness. Very few of them, and I can name those who have gone back to the Caribbean on one hand, who have said, you know, we need to look at, you know, how we, how we, our governance and jurisprudence. Michael Manley, out of Jamaica, the late Morris Bishop, who was uh, murdered by the CIA out of uh, Grenada. Chetty Jagan, probably from, from Guyana. Um, Eric Williams, I'll, give, I'll, I'll let him in because he wrote a very enlightening book on slavery um, from Trinidad and Tobago. And maybe the guy borrow because he was he had the consciousness to allow the Cubans when they were going to uh, to in Angola to land there on their way to Africa to help you know stem apartheid. But very few in the Caribbean. So analogous people, you know, who come back to the Caribbean from Udibli, particularly the lawyers, they go back to this system, and you know, they they make it even more confounding for the development of that country. And so that's why I have to wonder, when I saw all these lawyers there, I said to myself, wow, are, are, you know, they're, just, they're just like existing, like zombies. No one is questioning anything. Oh, yeah, we have a queen. Yeah, that's good enough. Oh, we have crown lines. That's good enough. We have um, a governor general who, who, who gets police escort, believe taxpayers' money, and we live in a big house somewhere. Well, that's okay. That's cool. You know, oh, if we want to appeal something, let's go to the Privy Council. But no, well, not the Privy Council anymore. They have the CCJ, which is a step in the right direction. But the point I'm making is that how can you say that you're a nationalist if you don't question anything? How can you say that you are for the better development of your country if you don't even want to examine our, our governance and jurisprudence? You, you don't even want to look at it and say, how can we make it better where we can have genuine participation of your average Joe Belizean? That's... That's what I um, and that's what I found very interesting when I saw that um, that piece, you know, with the opening of the Supreme Court and all these young attorneys sitting in St. John's Church. <laughs> and I shook my head because I says, "Gee, they have to be part of the problem if they do not want to be part of the solution." So, so the point is, we cannot expect to develop our country on a faulty foundation. So, when we replace the colonial the colonialist masters with the new colonies, you know, all we're doing was uh, substituting local functionaries for colonial officials at independence, but we left it, but, but what we did was left the basic system unchanged. So essentially, it was just not more than a uh, sophisticated means of ensuring that the people will actively continue to participate in, the, in their own expectation and willing accomplices to their ultimate demise. Okay, so today... Um, Last week we tried to bring, you know, Mr. Mose Hyde on, and he was, um, you know, he was not able to. He came in, but, um, but um, it was a situation where, you know, the technical difficulties didn't allow us to be, to be able to talk to him the way we want to. Well, well, I was determined that, you know, that, um, that I'm going to bring him back and, you know, have him share his unique perspective on, on the lease and what and and its development and how we in the diaspora relates to that de development. So he has agreed again very, pa very uh, patiently 
He's agreed to come on again this morning, take time out from his very busy schedule to come on and discuss with us, you know, these very critical public policy issues that our country is faced faced with. Again, Mr. Mose Hyde, if you guys don't know, <coughs> excuse me, Mr. Mose Hyde, if you're not aware, is the host of the WB. This is a um, morning news uh, program that comes on in Belize early morning, sort of like Good Morning America. And, you know, he's, uh, he's also an individual who has, you know, who, as, as someone who's been grew up around the media, he has a unique view on how Belize's development is shaping and how the direction that that country is going. So I was very anxious to bring somebody like him on to 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 help us with our popular education so that we can um so we can further, you know, get a better understanding of where our country is going. So without any further delay, I want to introduce the diaspora, and those in Belize and around the world to uh, Mr. Mose Hyde. Mose, are you there? Yes, uh, good afternoon. Well, it's afternoon here in Belize. It's morning where you're at, so I guess it's best for me just to say good day. Are you hearing me well today? Yes, perfect. Perfect, brother. All right, perfect. excellent. Brother Hubert, it's, again, it's an honor to be on your show, and uh Unfortunately, it didn't happen last week. I hope we go um, trouble-free on this occasion and we're able to, to have a good conversation. I've been looking forward to it. Very good, very good. I, I think that, um, you know, one of the things that us look like I've got to say, I've got to say, I've, go ahead. I've got to greet, I have to greet all your listeners and wish them all the very best and I hope that the the new year finds them with health and strength and I want to congratulate them for joining the show. I think it's important for us to remain engaged, to remain in the loop, um, to remain current. And I think that obviously this is a vehicle that you and those who are involved with this effort have enabled. And I hope that they take full advantage of it and all the other vehicles for them to remain engaged in the issues of, of our times and the issues of our people and our nation. Yes, yes. Thanks, so thanks a lot, Moses. I think um, one of, here's one of the things that we there's so many issues that are involved with our country right now, and one of the biggest things that we have out here in diaspora is our involvement or lack thereof. What do you think? What what? How do you think that we can engage in 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 in, in developing our country without getting that resentment that's that residual resentment that seems to come from from our, our countrymen there. I, residual resentment. Um, I don't know. I think. I think. With with, with anything, I think uh, people are. I guess to some extent uh, a bit territorial, um, but I don't. I don't think that it is something substantial. I, I think. I think when I speak to those brothers and sisters who have returned here. They speak for just uh, adjusting to uh, the, the the speed and the the bureaucracy and the difficulties, the the, the system. Getting, I, I've spoken to a couple people who have been very successful 
uh, but they speak to troubles in the early going, trying to trying to relocate, trying to trying to work with the way that you know we tend to work, and I think that they have experienced difficulties, and it is something that has to you know every opportunity that our brothers and sisters abroad get to speak to policymakers, they have to speak to them about those difficulties, like just all the like bringing. Basic things like, for example, you're you're going to be bringing in back stuff and you're bringing in equipment and you want to invest or you want to build your home and and that type of thing. Um, When I speak to brothers and sisters, they've experienced that type of difficulty. Uh, Just trying to, you know, if you listen to the, there's some real hard stories with brothers and sisters who have just tried to build a home and, and, you know, they've used their family members because they don't know where else to go, and they've had some difficulties there finding individuals they can trust and, and that type of thing. I, I, don't, I don't really look on it like, okay, like there is this um, across-the-board resentment and please um, believe in Americans, stay out of our business, please stay away. I, I, don't, I don't really... I don't really feel that or sense that, at least not in the experiences that I've had. But I think that there is a lot to do with um, pushing policymakers to, to, to enable certain legislative changes to make it easier for you all to be incorporated, easier for you to invest, easier for you to, to be very involved with um, the direction of the country. Um, I think that one of the things that we need to, when you're experiencing, you know, like you you see where you want things to go and it's not going fast enough, sometimes you don't realize, but you're still making some progress. I I, I know that I am very um, delighted by the fact that I I can see us more and more utilizing the technology. I think Mm -hmm. that um, more than ever, I sense that. Belizeans abroad are very current with where we are. Uh, I think that's made possible through, you know, the, the technology of the day. Um, people, are, people are watching our news uh, real time. They are listening to our debates or our conversations real time. They are putting input like never before. Um, when we think about, say, the 80s, uh, the 90s, you think about that gap that was there, that, you know, you had to rely on what somebody tells you, or, you know, there was this uh, delay. Um, mm-hmm. I think we live in a time where that, that delay is being minimized, and I think that, you know, whatever little, what you might say, okay, ill feelings or negative sentiments that might exist, I think naturally the more people start to realize that, you know, we have strength in numbers, I, I don't think they're going to worry whether you come from California or Chicago or Texas or New York. Once you're a brother, you're a brother. Once you're a sister, you're a sister. Once you're a Belizean, you're a Belizean. And we, we will need strength in numbers. So I think it will be only, the, only those who are absolutely unreasonable uh, who will, you know, hold on to some, you know, some bias or prejudice against a country man or a country woman because, well, they might not be living here at the time. I, I, think, 
I, I think we are moving away from that, uh, Hubert, and mm -hmm. I, I know that that doesn't mean they are not individual stories where you might encounter a little negativity, but I, I am confident that we are, we are becoming more enlightened to the, the need for numbers and our numbers abroad because, you know, the, the, the battle is very, very, uh, very hot. The struggle is tough, and, you know, uh, it, it's hard when you are carrying a heavy load to, to really uh, be holding negative sentiments when somebody says, okay, well, I will hold a part of this load for you. So, and, 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 you know, it's not as if though our, our Belizean brothers and sisters have not been engaging us throughout, um, you know, throughout the decades. That's not been the case. But I think that, I, I think that you know, there was a time when, there was a feeling that, okay, if you're a Belizean and you manage to get away from Belize that, well, you're in a better spot and a better place. And maybe there are times when, you know, returning brothers and sisters might not have uh, handled that properly and might have contributed to a bit of a backlash, like people saying, well, you know, I, 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 we're not buying into that. But but we are moving away from that. I think we we are seeing where you know we we are catching hell here, trying to hold on to to what we believe is is our rightful share of this nation, and we know right now in in absolute terms that we need our brothers and sisters to to to, to strengthen our fight, to to hold on to what we believe is our our rightful inheritance. But it's not an inheritance that's going to be ours without a lot of hard work, a lot of committed work, sustained work, and uh, a very creative and effective work. So uh, I would say we, we, have, we have to look past that kind of negative, my brother, mm -hmm. and we have, to, we have to strengthen ourselves in numbers. So, what, you know, um, so the perception probably is not the reality, but um, what do you think should be the role of DASR? Because, you know, for the most part, you know, you know, Politically, anyway, we are like second-class citizens, you know. So, what what do you think should be your role in trying to overcome some of these? I don't, you know? I don't, I don't, I don't know that you are second-class citizens in the sense that, uh, well, there's no voting by proxy, but you do know that come election times, there's been quite a tradition in specific constituencies where people return home to vote. Uh, yes, yes. I'm aware I, of that, yeah. I, I think, yeah, I, I, I think that that happens. Um, I, again, I, I think it's a case of looking half empty, half full. Where I think the diaspora, and I, I hate the word diaspora, I think I've been convinced by my colleague at Channel 7, Jules Vasquez, to, to really hate the term. Okay, what, I, would you, what term would you want to replace it with? Let me hear your term. I, 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 I like my brothers and sisters abroad. I, 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 right. I, don't, I, don't, I don't like these little, these little jargons and, you know, like, you know, my, 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 my brother in the street here, diaspora. And I'm like, who, the, who the hell are they talking? Who the hell is diaspora? Who do mm -hmm. I find, man? Mm -hmm. No, we are mm -hmm. talking here about we're brother, we're sister, we're auntie, we're granny, we're cousin, we're, we're peoples abroad, you know? We're, we're peoples. There are peoples. They're just not physically with us within the territorial boundaries of the nation state of Belize, but then are we people. I mean, it's like, it's, it's like when, when, when the, 
when the, when, the, when China stands to come, who are Chinese on the planet, it's not talking about any diaspora. It's talking about Chinese mainland and Chinese out in the rest of the planet. They, they know who they are. They, you know, Belizean are Belizean, brother. So I, I don't really, I don't like mm-hmm. the term, you know. I, I don't like the term because the term itself tends to say, well, there is a difference, and there's no difference. There can't be any difference. Uh, a, a person that has the, 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 the affection for Belize in heart and knows where they are from and is about trying to, to raise this country to a, to, to a higher level is it, it, my brother and is my sister. I don't know anything about in diaspora, brother Hubert. Mm-hmm. It's no well, difference you know, to me. Yeah, well, that, that, I, I, that's a very enlightened view to take, Moses, and I, I think I agree with you on that. But I, was, you know, I remember when they had, I don't, you, I'm sure you're aware of the Seventh Amendment, which was one of the things where, you know, the, that the amendment that they were going to have to, um, so that um, Belizeans such as myself who have dual citizenship, or not just me, but Belizean in period, that, that's living outside of Belize, that have dual citizenship, will be able to participate in all aspects of the electoral process. And there was this, I can recall, you know, people like Sylvana Woods, who, who came up with some, you know, I mean, it, it, it seems to me that what I'm hearing from you is that, there's not necessarily this perception. You're talking, that you're, talking, you're talking specifically, and you're talking specifically to a matter of having people going to the House of Representatives, run for electoral politics, and become a, a minister or your representative, and still maintain dual citizenship. Correct. That's a, that's a very that's a very narrow, very specific, and a very elite aspect of the whole conversation about how we interact. And I think that that, that comes down to a, a principle. And I was one who said, "Listen, everybody can come and can go into the and can lead. We've got we've got experts. We've got people who are educated. We've got people who are experienced. We've got people who have had." Who have vast backgrounds and who can who can definitely be a big taking the country forward and increasing the pool from which we choose our leaders. They are welcome, but they must understand that fundamentally there is there is going to be a problem if you have a commitment to more than one nation via citizenship. And listen how that works. No, if you have, uh, if you if you're an American citizen, and we you are enabled to be a Belizean citizen at the same time. No, while you all are in America, and you all, you know, America has been a place that has 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 given a, a great opportunity to our brothers and sisters. And, you know, it's like some people always, you know, they hate an Uncle Sam, and Uncle Sam is this, and Uncle Sam is that. But they, I don't see any other country on the planet where Belizeans have gone to and have their opportunities have become, you know, their, their dreams have become realities, and they have made tremendous advances. It's where they've become educated. It's where they've gone in all different things, from the military to the public sector to the private sector. There's no other country... On the, on the face of the earth that Belize can say we've got that connection to. So uh, with, all its, with all its faults, Uncle Sam is still a place where I can understand my brothers. They call it home. I, I, I go to, I've been invited, I've had the privilege for the last couple of years to be invited to a gathering on July 4th here in Belize with, with all Belizean Americans. 
and they boy they they put on a put on a stars and stripe and they <laughs> celebrate July fourth and 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 I say respect um because I understand that i i i hope these these folks have 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 gone there they have contributed uh, they have pitched into what America is and what America will be, and America has given back to them so i I have to respect that and through them, we have gotten a little bit of the are the niceties from America. Um, but fundamentally, though, we cannot forget that the political structure of the United States of America is a predator. And, and as a predator, it, 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 countries like Belize, and, and, and especially countries like Belize in the Caribbean, in Latin America, in Central America, Mexico even, are looked upon as areas where they're going to put they, they have to put their foot down on us. They've got to keep us in check. Their foreign policy has always been one that, you know, we've got to be on that yeah. leash. America has your money, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. So, so, so that political structure forces me to stand on the principle that when, when, the, when people aspire to become a leader, to lead me, I must know in no uncertain terms that they understand the geopolitical reality and are all in, completely in, completely invested in only one nation state. That doesn't only apply to the United States of America. That applies to whichever state we are talking about. Similarly, I am not one that subscribes to the idea that anybody that has Guatemalan ancestry should be allowed to enter electoral politics I don't believe that anybody that, is, uh, that, is, has, that was born in Guatemala at this present time with its reluctance to, to drop its claim should be allowed to vote. But we have allowed that. We've had, we've, we've had people who that we suspect might have dual citizenship, but we don't know for sure because we have never checked. It's not just a fundamental thing for me. That does not equate or amount to a disinterest or a or a dislike, or, 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 or being anti our brothers and sisters taking up their rightful place. It's just a matter of the, the principle of how we deal with the requirements of being a dual citizen and the, what it implies when you are a citizen, what, what is implied when you take the oath of citizenship is that there is a certain loyalty, a certain allegiance. And when you enter the geopolitical uh, 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 landscape, there is a requirement to be, to, 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 there's, a, there's, a, there's a requirement to be absolutely clear. Absolutely clear because United States is a nice place to go, visit, nice place for Belizeans who have gone there to get, to, to get the opportunities. But when it comes to their foreign policy and their political structure, we have to look on their behavior. Look at the fact that the Guatemalan claim over the years is one that America has because it's a strong relationship with Guatemala. I mean, at one time, um, I actually had this argument one time on my show, but as you bet, uh, this caller calling, and he said, I think it was earlier, it was last year, and I think it was the 60th anniversary, if I'm not mistaken, of the assassination of uh, JFK. 
and this guy, the senior guy, called in and he said, man, he said, I'm tired of watching all this stuff about JFK, and he wants to remind Belizeans that JFK once, once cut a deal with the Guatemalans, with the, with the Bay of Pigs, to say, well, mm-hmm. listen, you guys can have Belize once you'll be a partner in this. And he was, he's, he's never forgiven JFK for that. And I said, well, listen, I, I once harbored negative sentiments to the legacy of GFK as well until I watched a documentary um, with the whole Cuban missile and how close the planet came to nuclear um, holocaust. And I said, you know what, even though I understand that he was a son of a gun and his, the Russian counterpart, Khrushchev, was a son of a gun, those two imperial people reached a point where they made a decision that benefited humanity. And as a member of the human family, I I, I will always respect that despite the obvious faults. But I I bring that up to show that American foreign policy, when it comes to Belize, is not one that, you know, is not one you would say, you, you would say all the time you want just, you've you got a lot of love for your Uncle Sam. Uncle Sam has, has done some bad things around here, and, and I think that on the principle of it, that is where the opponents to that particular amendment stood, not as opponents to the involvement and the leadership of the country by our brothers and sisters who have been abroad. Absolutely not. None at all. I think what I've been most... Um, you know, I, I I know you brought up the thing with with the Guatemalan involvement, and that's 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 an excellent point. However, I, let's say for example, let's say um, I am from Canada for argument's sake, and I take on Belizean citizenship as an adult. You know, I am I, I don't have you know I, I automatically um, invited to get involved in all aspects of the country. You know, without even you know without them you know without them questioning the allegiance so much or. Or, or examining the allegiance as, as so, so that's what I find very troubling. That kind of uh, convoluted, I don't, almost. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know that. I don't know that we don't. I don't know that we don't. I think that um, I'm, I'm very uncomfortable, and I, I, I don't think it. Again, this is not a. This is not an, an argument that is confined to just. Uh, believe in Americans entering electoral politics. I think it applies across the board. We've had situations in, in, in politics where we question, we question who has green cards or not because, you know, we do have uh, several of our, our people who have served who have green cards. And for, for people at home here, it is not that we dislike a person who has gone for a green card or dislike a person who has U.S. citizenship. It is that when you are going to be a part of taking the nation forward, we, there, is a, there, is a, there is the appearance that you are, that you are kind of hedging, and that appearance doesn't go down well. So in, in, in various campaigns, leaders or aspirants have been forced to disclose whether or not they have a green card. That's a, I don't believe that our brothers and sisters abroad should take offense or insult to that. I think that sometimes you have to put yourself in another person's shoe 
to kind of understand that that sentiment doesn't come from a place of malice, but it comes from a place of, of strong reasoning. Now, you might disagree that we should feel that way, but you should not interpret it beyond its, 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 its boundaries. You should not then lead to say, ah, oh, you know what, this means that them, brother, back home, they don't want to win anything, none at all. They're not interested in a way. I think that that is where it is flawed, not in disagreeing with us, but in looking at our sentiment and then exaggerating where it comes from and what exactly it means. And I think that that maybe was lost when that entire debate was going on. Okay. It's a very interesting perspective. I've never really heard anybody put it quite in that, in that, in that fashion there. But um, l- l- let me ask you this, Moses. You know, we, we live in our... Listen, a Hubert, 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 Hubert. Yeah, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Hubert, yes. Hubert, mm-hmm. we, we, don't, we, don't, we don't want... It's not like we don't want... We need our brothers and sisters abroad. I, I, I told you about... I have a, I have a couple um, Belizean Americans, senior guys. They are friends with um, Mr. Compton Fairweather. And, yeah. you know, one dad, served yeah. in Chicago... Mm-hmm. Yeah, one served in New York, and, you know, they're guys, they're senior me, they're senior me, are guys who have great experience, um, and uh, whenever I go around them and we get into debates, boy, I tell you, and when I find out their resumes, and I say, I say, but you guys are here, and you guys uh, have all these ideas, but... Your, your ideas and your input, it's not being assimilated. It's, you're not being incorporated. And they say, well, disconnect between the two, no? Nobody want to hear from Nobody, nobody want to hear from me. I mm-hmm. say, okay, good. Hear here, here what will happen. You all will come on my show. I will put you on my show in front of these, and I will say, you see, this brother over here, you know what he used to do in Chicago? And you know what this next brother used to do in New York? You know what this brother here used to do in Florida? And, we, and I will put you in front of the people of Belize. When I reached that point, they were reluctant to do that. I'm saying, I'm saying that I'm saying it's one thing to say that you're not wanted, but, when, but, but, there's a, but, but you must look at it and say that the way Belize is structured right now, there is a, there is a, it's a struggle for sensible people to get into positions to do sensible things. It's, it's not easy. It doesn't matter if you were born and raised or you left and you grew up and did your thing in Chicago or California or if you never left Belize any at all. If you're a person sensible and want to do sensible things, it's still a struggle. So it's, yeah. not, just a, it's not just an anti-brother-sister um, uh, uh, that is from America. I think the system right now is is slanted against the sensible. That 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 is my opinion. You you have to you have to compromise who you are ultimately if you want to be a part of you know dictating policy. And that is the system that we need to challenge. We need to challenge the way the system filters out uh, um, people who will be of character, the people who are going to be of vision, the people who are going to be of excellence. Instead, the system as it's presently designed favors people who are going to be willing to compromise, who are willing to, to, to submit themselves to, 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 the, to, to, to party over country, submit themselves to, 
cult leadership submit themselves to that type of uh, 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 backward thinking that maintains some of the difficulties and challenges that a developing country like Belize has. So that, that's my view of it, um, Hubert. Okay, good. Um, excellent, Moses. Excellent. Um, you know, well, let me just tell my audience, you're listening to, to Moses Hyde coming out of uh, Belize City. He's the host of the popular TV show WB in the Morning. I mean, I know many of you are no strangers uh, to, this brother, to this brother here um, or contemporary, and um, he's just giving us some very enlightening perspective on, on Belize's involvement in, you know, with us living here outside of Belize. Um, you know, Moses, Belize is a very small country, you know, I mean, uh, the population is relatively, you know, kind of, you know, kind of like a cocoon type. Do um, you think our immigration policy, um, there are some who said that our immigration policy and the dynamics will cause us to, uh, you know, it creates vacuums. So as a result of that, it, it kind of skewed exactly what you're saying. It's almost by, the, by default, it continues to perpetuate that, 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 that thing that, you know, that since this, this vacuum it has to be filled. What do you say about Hubert, that? Hubert, there, no, there, there, there is no immigration policy. I, I wish there was one. I think um, post-1981, uh, there should have been some kind of consciousness to, to look at what we had and the population we had and to, and to try to... All policies should have reflected where our leaders assured that they were committed to the Belizeans who have been a part of this process, who, who have a legacy, who have inheritance here. That's what an immigration policy does. It, it, listen, it would be beautiful if the, the world was one big, happy human family, and we didn't watch uh, how you look, the pigmentation of your skin, the, your, your, your facial structure, uh, it, you didn't watch your geographical uh, uh, origins, that would be beautiful. Like if I wanted to just get up tomorrow and say, guess what, I want to pitch my tent in Mexico City, or guess what, guess what, I'm going a, I'm to a drift down to, to the Brazil portions of the planet because I would want to pitch my tent there. But that has not been the history of mankind. The history of mankind is that groups of like-thinking individuals come together and say, and say, we have a like culture, we have a like vibe, we have a, we have a similar journey, we have similar origins, we, and we are connected to a particular geographical location with coordinates. We connect ourselves to that land, and then we call that our nation state. We develop policies uh, we have security instruments to ensure that that is carried on from one generation to the next. That's what America is. That's what Mexico is. It, it, it aims to remain Mexican. It, it, it remains to protect the legacy of the Mexican culture and those people who have traveled through time as a part of the Mexican experience. Here in Belize, there was an absolute indifference to protecting the essence of what we had here, whether it was with an immigration policy, whether it had to do with the, the physical security of the, of the state. There's just a complete failure 
of successive administrations. In fact, because they saw that there was opportunity in immigration, that there was profit to be made in immigration. Not only did they not have an immigration policy that protected the essence of what Belize is from one generation to the next, no, instead they decided to go immigration policy for profit. They decided to go immigration policy for cheap labor. They decided to go immigration policy to hustle for passports. Every single profit-making opportunity that exists because of the fact that our landmass to population ratio is so much in favor of expansion, they have gone about trying to hustle a buck, as far as I'm concerned. When it comes to land ownership issues, when it comes to voting rights issues, boy, I tell you, it's a one horrible atrocity that has occurred when we are looking at immigration. No, let us try to be fair here. We are a small nation. We end up with a situation where the democratic system and equity and justice in our neighboring countries that have much larger population than ours naturally creates a, a downhill to Belize. Uh, uh, when compared to the, our immediate neighbors, there was opportunity here, uh, there was land here, uh, and so it wasn't as if they, they had to safeguard against a neutral situation. They, they were expected to defend with a situation that was challenging, no doubt. No doubt. Every nation that is so, uh, the European countries have to deal with it, America has to deal with it. That's just the way it works. And <clears throat> our brothers go to other countries to to look for better opportunities. I don't hate on having a policy that looks for the best possible um, uh, uh, brother or sister in our neighboring countries, not people with criminal background, not people, who, are, uh, not people with, um, who are going to just come here that would displace uh, our, our, our manual labor and cause a, a run on wages in certain key industries. No, our immigration policy, if it accepted that there would be a, 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 a flow of people coming in, that we would try to ensure, just like any other nation, that we would allow only the best of those to come in at a pace that would not disturb the cultural balance and essence of the nation state as it has come down through the generations. And that's where our leaders have completely failed because they were not about a principle. They were about profit. And, 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 and that is where, you know, we really and truly, I feel, we have gone severely wrong. So do you subscribe to the school of thought that, that you know, that, um, you know, traditional born Belizeans, you know, if this continues, if this, if this obvious, you know, as you call it, non-policy continues, that born Belizeans are precipitously on the verge of losing their birthright, and everything is, is for that matter. Do you see that train? That's a train, um, or that's just a perception that uh, may not be? Brother, brother, brother Hubert, one of, one of my, one of my late, men, late great mentors, Dr. Leroy Tiger, who was definitely one of the most brilliant persons I've met in yes, my life. Indeed, I agree. He, he, he used to tell us 
you know, meetings. We used to have weekly meetings, and we'd have weekly meetings and discussions. And he used to say, you know what they will do with us and what we will become. All we will be is the salt in the soup. You won't see us. We won't be, the, you won't, you won't, it's nothing you can hold on to, but we are just going to be this flavor. That's all we will be, completely dispossessed, uh, disinherited. Um, that's where we are going. And sadly, I've seen nothing to, to indicate that that trend has been changing. In fact, it, it, it really and truly has been going worse. I, I, think, that, I, I think that there's obviously uh, some resistance to it now. People are becoming uh, very conscious of the... They are putting things in context, and they are looking now, more reflection going on, uh, you know, post-1981, between 81 and 2014, and we are looking and see, well, these are not... Uh, 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 isolated incidents. Uh, this is a part of a program, and we are looking at the devastation of uh, Belizean people who have been here for multiple generations. Um, that's what we see. The, the, the economic stake uh, uh, for multiple generation Belizeans is extremely low now. Um, land ownership, again, severely challenged. Um, our share of the economic pie and the opportunity pie is being reduced annually. And the only areas we see ourselves expanding, we're expanding the percentage of multi-generation Belizeans who are heading to the um, correctional institute. Um, that's the type of a place we see ourselves going more now. And we're seeing less of us controlling businesses, um, less of us um, becoming uh, tertiary-level graduates. Um, it, it's really the, 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 major, the major statistics that indicate progress are not, are not in our favor at this point in time. And... You know, my father's belief is that there is no coincidence. Um, there's always some plan. And, you know, I don't think we should waste our time being consumed by, by, by diabolical plans. I think what we are obligated to do is to find ways to connect those who are here, those who are still strong, and we must fight. And we must pass on that fight to generations to come. That's, you know, that's where we have to, we have to take our stand now. Um, because I will say to you, it, it's not looking good on the ground. But, okay, see, uh, so let's, let, which, which brings me back to the point regarding the, uh, you know, the, you know, the Belizeans who, brothers and sisters, who, who are not part of it. And leadership aside, let's, okay, let's look at it from this standpoint. Do you believe that we are, in, in essence, then the last bastion, the legions that's not living in that country, that, you know, who, who have strong ties to it, obviously? Then, you know, where else can Belize turn to, you know, for, for, to, 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 let me, to address this? Let me give you an example. Let me give you an example. We are seeing, we are seeing less and less. Like, for example, the, for years the country has been saying, listen, we are, we are about tourism. 
And so we have rigged our sails to take advantage of the, of the winds that blow uh, in that favor. And so our policies and a lot, of our, a lot of our planning has been to see how we can expand the product, how we can get more people here. Um, we have been blessed, of course. Uh, the Creator has been extremely kind. We've got, uh, we have a nation that has such great natural wealth, both told and untold. And so we've gone to wisdom. And we see the expansion, and I'm sure when my brothers and sisters from abroad come to Belize, they can see the expansion. They can see the bigger and better resorts, multimillion-dollar resorts. These resorts are winning uh, awards globally as tremendous destinations. Uh, we can think about San Pedro, North End. We think about Placenta Peninsula and the explosion that is going on there and we, we, we can think about all the tremendous expansion out in the West for tourism opportunities. And, we are, and, we, and it, they tell us about the numbers, and it's looking good. But when you, when you start to delve deeper into the numbers, you look to see, well, how much stake do we have in the tourism pie? Time the local are we leader. only the bad? Yes. That's what I'm talking about here. Okay. Are, 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 we but the, are we but the waiters and the bartenders um, and not taking anything away from a man and a woman making a legal living? There's nothing wrong with somebody earning a, 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 an honest day's paycheck. You understand? Um, mm-hmm. They're feeding families. They're sending kids to school. So I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, um, I'm not discarding employment opportunities. We have to have those. But we cannot have a disproportionate number of opportunities at that level and not having that same percentage when we are speaking about ownership opportunities in what's going on. Two of the biggest success stories that I know about in this expansion, <clears throat> two of the biggest stories that we have, both are Belizean Americans. We have Mr. Doug Thompson Burlboom, who has done a Marvel, excuse me, a marvelous job with the with the Royal um, Oakhead Resort there in Bur- in Burlboom. He's a Belizean American. Mm-hmm. Came back, he did his thing. Um, another example would be in Placencia, the Nirvana Hotel, which is beachside in Placencia, and the Halls, Evan Hall and his wife, they're from New York. Similarly, they came down. The what I'm what I'm putting to you, Hubert is that it's not a theory that when it comes to trying to get all piece of this pie, that we have to look to our brothers and sisters um, abroad because we see where the evidence is there that, that they are the ones who they've been shaped in cultures that are very competitive, and so they understand competition. They also have access to cheaper capital, and with cheaper capital and with expertise and experience, we see where they are able to come in and just try to hold on to a little piece for us. So you, the, the, the point that you are bringing here, brother, is a point we are living, you know. Mm-hmm. We are living that we have to lean on, 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 the, on our brothers coming back home and being involved. 
not, not at the level of just some people have come back <clears throat> and they've built nice homes. They want to retire and cool out and chill out. And I understand that. You've done your time, you've worked hard, and you deserve to, to come and chill. But I want to challenge them to say that it, it, that would be cool if we were winning here. But the fact that we are not winning, then we need to, we need to put a little pressure on you to say, yes, I know you want to come and chill, but um, come here too and compete too and, and jump in too, <clears throat> excuse me, and, and, and be a part of this because you're a major Anybody that examines the situation uh, or what we have here and what we are doing can definitely identify and support that it will be illogical to not hold on to and lean on the, the brothers and sisters uh, in, in Uncle Sam. And I'm telling you about the brothers and sisters who, are, who have been about getting it done, not, not those who have gone and, you know, just, you know, just the lump. I'm talking about the brothers and sisters who have been about getting it done. We need more brothers coming back, sisters coming back that are going to be about getting it done, who, who know what it is that, you know, you know what, you just roll up your sleeves and you compete because yeah. you, you can't cry right now. It's a big boy game. It's a big, big boy game, and they're playing for take. They're playing for take, my brother. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're we going to take a break in about two minutes, boys. I mean, you you want to hold on with us for, for the next segment? If that's, I mean, I don't know what your time is like, but um, do you have room for another segment? You asked me, you, you ask me, ava- me to be available, sir, so I have scheduled my time today to be All right, completely right. I don't want to take it for granted. I know you're busy, so, you know. But, yeah, this week, my name is Hubert Pipersberg, and I'm, you're listening live from Belize City, Most Hyde of the WB Morning um morning show and just before we go to break, break Mose, um I think Josh Price was describing one thing that you said he said he, he don't want his nation to become a, uh, a nation of trade holders basically that was you know you know just you know just to interject that in there with the thing with the tourism but when we come back um, my listening audience in, in another minute or so we will um, engage Mose again and we're going to we're going to we're going to discuss you know some pertinent issues such as the role of the media since he has been experienced with the media for Grew up in the media, actually, so his perspective will be very, very interesting. And um, we're going to also look at um, some pertinent issues such, such, such as, you know, the BNTU. And, you know, we're going to, we're going to, most, we're going to, we want to pick your brains this morning, brother. So just hang tight and we'll be right back, okay? Best of. Just hold on there, Brother Moles, okay? Stand up. All right, just stay. Stand up right. for your Yeah. 
likewise. And those organs would be uh, out there competing with the privately owned establishments and uh, media establishments. So that's, that's what we have here in Belize. We have very established and very strong uh, politically owned media organs that also, while serving their political parties, operate as quasi-private sector. So they are similarly out here getting eyes and just having the appearance that they are private sector. Um, but they don't, they're not, they don't make any bones. They, they tell you who they are. You know, you know, they're right there. You know, they're red. You know, they're blue. You know, you know, Wave FM is the UDP's mouthpiece. You know, um, positive vibes are the PUP mouthpieces. You know, they don't make it a secret. So we would take them out of the analysis and just look on the independently owned media places. And as far as independently, media play, independently owned media places go, yes, I would say that the, the organs will then, based on their preference, would, would have a slant. They, you know, just as you have in America where, you know, your, your New York Times has a, has a liberal slant or your Wall Street Journal has a conservative slant, uh, that, that's a part of it. What I think we have here in Belize that does not happen, has not happened in many places, is that big business to this point have not taken over control of the media. Big corporate interests don't own the media. So except in the case of one, we have Channel 5 that is owned by uh, Mr. Ashcroft, but that's only a recent occurrence. But... For the most part, the independently owned media are not, are not under any corporate interest. They might have a party they prefer that they are more closer to, and depending on how warm or cool that relationship, that's how they work it. But the reality here is that the media, the media has been very loud. Uh, I think the media has become very powerful. The people, if you, I think if they would run a poll, you would find that the people have more trust in uh, the, the media than they do the political electorate. I, I think that it's with that type of power and with that type of trust comes great responsibility, and it's important for that power to be used uh, constructively, not just to rip down, but it must be a part of enlightening. It must be a part of development. It can't just exist for the purpose of creating a sensation by reporting on wrong and by pointing out faults. The, the media must be a part of the leadership structure. I think that is a natural area of growth, that we have to move there. It has to become mature. It has to increase the level of skill expertise it has in its human resources uh, to become more precise in the type of work it does. But I would say that the, the media is one of those elements which contribute. You know, I, I often would tell people, you know, anybody that reads World News knows that freedom is not a given. 
And the minute you start to think that it's a given, you are jeopardizing your freedom. And so every day, I would celebrate the fact that I live in a country, in a nation state, where we have been able to express ourselves. Yes, they would try little things like sabotage your least Skype report. Do you understand me, Hubert? Mm-hmm. Um, they, might, they, might, they might cut their eye out of you. They might try to squeeze you in a different other areas. But uh, for the most part, for the most part, it's a healthy part of our democracy. The way the media is able to operate, the way they are able to challenge and question, the, the, the frequency with which it can demand to be spoken to by the leaders. Uh, definitely, it needs to expand its ability to bring forward investigative journalism, to deepen the stories. But again, uh, I, I, I must say that the independently owned media in Belize um, at this point, right now, at present, uh, stands at a, uh, with, with tremendous power. They have credibility, and with that comes responsibility. Okay, um, you know, one of the things that I also um, observe as far as the media is concerned is that we don't, uh, well, and it's not a criticism of the media that, that, they're, that, they're, that they're not doing an excellent job in terms of reporting the news, but as far as investigative reporting so that we sort of to really enlighten the people that you mentioned and educate them, um, that seems to be a component that's not developed yet or in the infancy, would, would, you, would you say? Yeah, because it's um, far more resources, demand, it demands more resources, uh, both with uh, skill, um, a, a skilled journalists and it requires more training, it requires more money. And uh, while the media is powerful, I would suggest that the media is very challenged in trying to, to pay its bills because the type of media ex- explosion we have here in Belize usually should have been uh, perceived, should have been, uh, it, 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 it should have been, it should have been precipitated by productivity because media de- depends greatly on corporate strength and advertising to pay its bills and the type of corporate strength that you need comes from increase, uh, um, uh, increases in the productive sector. So the expansion and the proliferation of media in Belize comes against that tide, comes against that grain uh, for, for many reasons. Uh, obviously, there, there's a lot of different sectors in the society that seek to have a, uh, have, a, have a stick in it all. You know, the church-influenced media has expanded. You have media that has expanded because of, to some extent, a little bit of corporate interest. Uh, this media house, that this media conglomerate, Commandola, its origins is in people's resistance. And I have the opportunity to speak on an organ that people, many people before me, 
had to go out into the streets to demand. So this is not a this this entity here didn't just fall out of the sky or is some rich man's toy. This speaking about Kremandala came into being because of people power. And mm-hmm. on the backs of people we are able to express our thoughts. So I, I, I stand on the shoulders of giants, uh, people who stepped out. It, this, this, this came out of fiery resistance, uh, marching in the streets, and riots, uh, and people being willing and courageous enough to, to resist. And out of that came the Amandala newspaper, Amandala with fire, was Soul Street side, and, and, and it grew with those people and their support and their continuing support on the, like, on the backs of people like uh, Evan Exai, Brother Shabazz, uh, Edgar X. Richardson, Rufus X, uh, on, on the backs of brothers, and the list goes on. I, I, I wouldn't want to just consume your show with the brothers and sisters who are part of that struggle. And so can, can you imagine that when them brothers and sisters started their march in 1969, that they, that they would have thought that out of that would come a seed and that seed would go into what we have here, um, as we call it, back at the zinc fence. Uh, mm. So remembering where you come from makes you remember where your obligations lie, Brother Hubert. Mm-hmm. And if you, came here, if you came here by the people, then it must be that you're going to serve by the people. And you're going to, and the interests of the people become your interests. And that's how we are guided, um, my brother. Um, but when your, your specific question was about investigative journalism, and indeed, I think all media houses would accept that we have a lot to be desired on that front. And I think one of the more significant factors is the financial factor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, you know, you know, we, we one of the criticisms that we you know that we have living abroad from our or from the motherland is that we don't know what you know you know quick to turn the face. Well, we don't know what's going on. We're not aware of the issues on the ground. We're not this. We're not that. So one of one one of, one of the things that I have tried I'm trying to accomplish via this show is to bridge that information asymmetry between us here, you know, living outside of the country and brothers like yourself. Who are living there, so that we can, you know, so you guys, you can give us this popular education as to what are some of the things that are transpiring in our country. For, for example, there's an issue that, you know, there's an issue that's very, very important that, you know, this, that's going on right now, and that's the, the, you know, the struggle of the, um, you know, the working class. And when I say working class, I'm not just talking about just teachers, because there's a abundance of people in Belize, you know, who represent the working class majorities, who, you know, who are underpaid. Or undervalued, and so they, you know, they they start to agitate. But what happens sometimes? They align them, their interests with with these political entities, which don't necessarily coincide with what their interests are. For example, the BNTU. I bring this up as an example. I remember 2004, 2005. You know, when the car went out for civil disobedience, they signed up enthusiastically. And now here they are, ten years later, they still haven't gotten a raise. You know, you know, the paycheck has basically remained stagnant, which, you know, which when you factor in inflation and cost of living, that's like almost like a pay cut. But yet and still, I, I, I tune into the news and they're still talking about, 
you know, um, agitating for other causes other than just the race that they that they should be agitating for. What do you think is going on with the working class? I mean, they seem to only align themselves with political entities to further their cause. Is, is that a, is that the best strategy that they can that they can come up with to to, to help their you know their, their members? There's a there's a struggle going on, brother Hubert. There's a struggle. My father calls it a war, and people are just starting to see that the they're just starting to see the similarities and seeing that they stand on common ground. We look at the, we take for example in the south, or oh, Mayan brothers and sisters, they are the. Maya Leaders Alliance have been resisting big government and big oil company, U.S. capital. And from all accounts and all projections in the Sarsun Tamash, there's a lot of oil. Uh, the Mayans say, we're not against drilling, but we want to know how you will come after you sign the deal with us to tell us, listen, these lands are now reserved. They came and they said to the Mayans, we want you to, to stop using this land uh, recklessly. We want you, to, we want you to, to look at managing the reserve. We want you to, we want you to protect what's here. And we want you to change the way you've been dealing with the land to accommodate uh, this whole conservation effort. And the Mayans sat down and they listened to the argument and they thought that it made sense. And so they agreed to this huge patch of land being reserved. Fast forward into time, they are then told, okay, well, you know what, we did tell you that these lands have been reserved, but... We have an oil company, and we have given them the right to dig and to drill, and so you guys will have to back off now until they do their drilling. And the man said, but, but you didn't talk to us about any drilling. You are not telling us you, the, these lands were supposed to be ours, but we accepted a deal with you to have them reserved, but now you have gone against that. This doesn't make any sense. What, what type of uh, improvement, what type of development will this oil exploration bring to our indigenous people? What type of uh, uh, improvement and development will it bring to the nation when we look around the world and we see where the oil companies come, they, they, they look, they find, they take, and then they leave? Where do we go? So the Mayan leaders have been resisting uh, this, 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 this uh, uh, external entity. They are the courts. They've been fighting that fight. We look to the Caneros in the north where they have recently been struggling and resisting another corporate entity from outside, another multinational company that has bought up significant interests in the factory at BSI who are saying to them, listen, we don't believe you deserve anything extra for the use of the bagasse, which is the byproduct of the sugar cane. The Canaries said, no, we deserve that. And so they have resisted. In, in, uh, in Belmopan, where my good friend Nigel Petio 
And I have to talk about Nigel Petillo because That's Nigel Petillo year, right? and the big year movement. The big year movement. To tell people that a lot of people might not be aware of, you know, the, the struggle that Petillo and them are going on down there with that big year um, struggle for well, a lot of rights. This is what happened with the big year movement. We've watched for a long time the immigrants come in, and the immigrants come in and they, they settle. They go on land. They're allowed to settle on the land. They don't have any land rights, but they, they settle on it. And they start to build their communities. They don't have any land rights. But left alone long enough, they start to develop. And then a couple of generations after, because they can now vote, the politicians are forced to negotiate. The next thing you know, they become landowners. Uh, Belizeans who have been here all this time are still chasing down politicians, still running down politician shirt tail. Please, Mr. Minister, sign me land paper, make I could get one piece of land, one piece of 50 by 50 where you have to invest thousands of dollars in a cliff filling because more than likely it's going to end up with a piece of swamp. They're fighting and fighting and fighting, trying to get just the least for the piece of land. <coughs> now, what happened in Belmopan is that the land value in Belmopan has skyrocketed. A normal lot in Belmopan is about $35,000. Easy. So the youths in Belmopan don't have land. So Brother Petillo and his group were wrong looking for land when somebody said to them, you know what? There's 1,500 acres of land near mile 41 that was bought. It wasn't announced when it was bought. We don't know how much was paid, but this, Absentee landowner in Taiwan has owned this land since the 80s. So, a land speculator. Once it was that, well, well, we see what happens. What happened was that when the when the Hong Kong was going to be returned to mainland China, there was a lot of fear and anxiety, and so you had you had people looking to see where they would go to, and Belize was one of those places. So you had developers who were jumping the game came to Belize, bought the land for little or nothing, and they were going to put up these communities that they would then sell to those individuals who were looking to abscond from Hong Kong. But when the Chinese acquired Hong Kong and then allowed Hong Kong to be a kind of a hybrid economy, the anxiety level lowered, and so that the, 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 the rush out of Hong Kong never happened. So these, these estates basically became dormant, and these landowners basically ignored basic things such as paying the taxes and so on for, for, a, bit, for, for a time. So, yes, this piece of land was owned, but it, the, the person is not here, has not bothered with the land, has not paid any tax, and that's when... Big year, he realized that the immigrants were starting to, to, to similarly squat on this piece of land. Well, Mr. Pius, Mr. Petillo could have said, well, you know what? 
me and my friend and my family ain't going away and squat and learn. But instead, what he did was to, was to herald it out to the rest of the nation and say, Uno come, Uno come for a piece of land because this is the situation. And people pressure. The meetings initially at, at, at mile 41 were a thing to behold. Uh, on both sides of the highway, vehicles and crowds because people wanted a piece of land. And we, Mr. Petio, said, guess what? We don't deal with no 50-50 piece of land. We want to be one one-acre thing. But people pressure forced the government to have to give in to the Petio fight to say, okay, we are going to pass it and say that the land now is going to be distributed through the Ministry of Natural Resources so it no longer belongs to this guy in Taiwan or Hong Kong, wherever he is. But, as you know, the politicians don't want to give up the way that they control the masses, and land distribution has been a very effective way to control the masses. So, having people figuring out how to get a piece of land without going through them is not an exercise that they want to see be successful. So, every step of the way, they have undermined the Harmonyville process. It was so bad, Brother Hubert, that a sitting era representative tried to light the fire of ethnic conflict. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine an era rep going to some people and trying to say, you know, the the Spanish versus black can, you know, and the thing reached for a certain temperature. The creator was, was definitely there to intervene, brother, because that could have been a bad situation. And brother Petio and them had the courage to go and meet with those folks, and they were able to sit down and agree, listen, the political boy, he is the one bringing the mischief and the game. Together, mm-hmm. we can work it out. And so I want to say to any of my brothers and sisters in tune, when you hear and you hear Harmonyville know that that is truly freedom fighting at its finest and that that is a program and that is an initiative that has to be supported to the fullest because we have to make sure that Harmonyville wins because the political political, uh, uh, um, authority in my opinion have no interest in seeing that work, and in fact, even though land, about, I think, at last, when I last spoke to Nigel, some nearly 700 persons have actually gotten a, an acre of land, um, because the way the big years see it is that you can't just give somebody a piece of land. There has to be economic activity associated with that piece so of land, similar to what, but mm-hmm. similar to similar to what Brother Shabazz visions and uh, Brother uh, Abdullah envisioned for more tomorrow, which is in the vicinity on the other side of the highway. So what, what we really need is for our brothers and sisters abroad to see how they can link up with a, a kind of agricultural community like Harmonyville to see how they can, you know, facilitate uh, um, getting products and finding markets and 
so that you can have economic viability uh, of the land and these, these folks can really develop that community. So I, I, I tell my brothers and sisters, you come to Belize, one thing you make sure you do while you're here, yes, go to Kika and chill a bit or placenta and chill a bit. And yes, go to the restaurant and eat up the, the ital food. But also try to get out to, to, to my father one. Try to give the, the big year family a shout and, and see how you can be a part of the, the, the way forward, brother Hubert. Mm-hmm. You know, it's interesting. I, I was I, saying I, all of this. Hold on for a second. Let me I just tie this all of this. Bro. Remote, hold on a minute. Let me tie this in because you know this, this, this. What you brought up is very significant, and I just, and I want to miss it. But I mean, co- com- compared to what you were saying there, I mean, um, about the 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 important economic role of the Belizeans abroad. But do you believe that um that the laws that we have, you know, on the books right now would neg- negatively impact them from a financial from a, um from a financial standpoint? Because you know the laws that we have, we don't have an amendment to the Seventh the Seventh Amendment or, or an amendment to the Constitution. Many of the things that you're saying that we should do will be negatively impacted by those laws that, that, that permit us, that prevent us from, from citizens to become actively participants in the development of our country. But I don't know. I don't know. I, I, see, where, I see where there has been involvement. I see where equipment has been donated to Big Year. I see where equipment has been donated to Brother Will and the Belize Territorial Volunteers. I see where uh, uh, brothers and sisters have been supporting such initiatives. I see where um, uh, uh, my brother there in New York, Body Brown, has been organizing Belizeans to bear uh, his various events to come and support Big Year. Um, I, 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 I mean, I, I really think that, you know, you, 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 you can't look on the best and make it be the enemy of the good. You, you can't do that. You can't make it what would be perfect deter you from doing something which would still be good. It just wouldn't be best. I think right now we want to the, – the, the, I, I, I don't know what specific laws prevent the economic investment coming from our, our folks abroad, but if anybody can point me to those laws, um, uh, we will we will attack them with full vigor, brother. I think one of the things that they're saying, and you know, as part of the you know, Belizeans who are living outside of Belize, those who have taken on dual citizenship, one of the things that have uh, that have come that that have came up is about us giving up uh, some of the economic rights that we have, you know, labored for decades over in Belize. I mean, I'm sorry, in, in the United States, and you know, so when we go back down there to live. You know, we still essentially don't have full but, rights. But, 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 Schubert, you're, 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 you're staying on one particular, on one particular thing, and that is, at, at any one point in time, we only have 31 persons in the house. Um, the way our system is designed right now, um, there are so many people that, you know, you, unless a political party blesses you, you are not going to be one of those 31. Getting into the House of Representatives is not, is, is not like, you know, having a right to invest and be a part of your country and all of that. That's a, that's a very elite and narrow aspect of being a part of your nation state. And I respect the debate, but I just don't believe that it's a debate that, that if it remains unresolved, prevents the type of harmony and the type of uh, 
organization that we need. I, I just don't feel that. No, I, 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 I agree that. that, that I, don't, I don't think you should. So I, accept, I, accept that, I accept that you have people, specific people, who uh, would want to be political candidates, but are you suggesting to me that um, that's, the only, that's the only lure for someone coming back and being a part of building the nation state? Uh, for example, you're surely, I don't want to, I have no aspiration of being a political candidate. I have no aspiration of being an House of Representatives. If they were to pass a law saying that talk show host can be a part of the, 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 the House of Representatives, uh, it would, wouldn't mean a dratty thing to me. That's not, that's, not, that's not where I see myself um, uh, fulfilling my role as being uh, a, a, a citizen that cares about my nation's faith. Now, granted, I imagine if I was a Belize American, Belizean American abroad, I, I have all my benefits, I have my dual citizenship, but I also want to be, I want to run for government office, I want to be a minister, I imagine that then that becomes the biggest issue to you. But not because it's the biggest issue to you, it should be the biggest is issue as it relates to how Belizeans on the ground link with their brothers and sisters abroad. That's, that's, that's my feeling. Yeah, well, I mean, I respect that. And I, I, I mean, certainly it's, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's a very enlightened view. But I think the broader question uh, points to Okay, it's one thing to um to ask Belizeans to you know to um to participate and you know and, and and give economically, but at the same time deny them all the rights that they're entitled to. So it's a question of fairness. It's not necessarily whether or not we you know where we we entitled to. It's just a question of plain fairness because you you know and that's what we that's what basically <clears throat> many of us are saying. We're not. I'm not saying it's a single issue. That it's a it's it. I'm not arguing that it's a, um should be a a deal killer, but it's it's it, it's certainly it begs the question: Why is it that you know we can contribute, you know, across the board, but when it comes to specifically those those other areas, we deny that opportunity. Where whether we want to take advantage of it or not. So I think it's it's just a question of fundamental fairness. Well, we could have we could we could debate that all day, but I think I think that I thought at least that the the bigger mission for us to have an understanding because. I can be allowed to disagree in principle without being looked at as being some opposed or being anti our brothers and sisters abroad coming and being a part of the way forward for the nation. I, I, I really don't see, I, I read a lot, I hear it, and I respect it. I, I see where if that's where somebody wants to go that that's a dilemma for them. It's, it's, a dilemma, it's, a, it's a dilemma in many nations that have such laws that are very specific to how it is you become a, 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 an elected person. For example, the requirements to be a U.S. citizen are not as stringent as the requirements to become the president of the country. So it is not as if though... Different layers don't have different requirements. That's, that's, that's not new or is, that is not something that is, uh, you know, just in Belize. It's, 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 not, it's not exclusive to Belize. Le legislations are designed to make 
specific requirements for those who are going to be the captain of the ship. That's just the way it works. There is nothing, there is nothing unfair about that there, because the, the, the captain of the ship is a very special position, a very special position. For example, um, you cannot, you cannot be, if, you, if you go, if you're in the House of Representatives and you go bankrupt, you have to come out. It doesn't mean that you're not still a part of Belize. You're not, still, you're not still a citizen of Belize. You're not still... But it's just that when it comes to the House of Representatives that you have a, a, a different set of rules. At the end of the day, I hear the argument. They say, well, even with a different set of rules, we still end up with scoundrels. Yeah, we end up with scoundrels because the system is designed that way. Mm-hmm. And, it, and, and unless we attack the system... We are always going to end up with scoundrels. It doesn't matter where the scoundrels come from. Because I will tell you this, that even if we decide that, okay, listen, the world citizenship, we pass the I'm telling you that the way the system is designed right now, we are going to just end up with um, a, a, a scoundrels that, that, that live here and, and scoundrels that come here. Because <laughs> the, the system is designed. The system is designed that people who want to come and be constructive, people who want to come and do good purpose, will come here and find how difficult it is in this political landscape to make yourself attractive to the political powers, making them feel comfortable with you, and be able to navigate yourself towards gaining that electoral power, so that then you can do what you really want to do. It's far more complicated than just a, a matter of saying, well, you're putting an amendment to fix something. So all of a sudden, we are not going to open up the house to the possibility of the expertise that's abroad. And it's really just a principle. But to be honest with you, uh, we can look at that. We can, we, can, we, can, we can have respect and debate it. But I really don't believe that where we are right now, that that should be some kind of, uh, you call it a deal killer. I, I don't think there is a deal here. I think if you're an Belizean, you're an Belizean, and uh, um, there's no deal we're negotiating. We, it's all hands on deck. There's no deal. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, I, I mean politically. It's not, it's not okay if we don't. If we don't, it's not as if though my brothers and sisters out there or yourself, for example, if you don't get that, that you're going to say, well, I know I help the Belize, then if that no, not, no, no, if of not change not, that, not, I, I don't... No, no. no we're not saying that, well, that. That would never be... I don't think that that would never be. I know that. that we would make. You know what I mean? We, we, we love our country, and, you know, we want to participate. We are I think it's a great... You know. Listen, 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 Hubert, and I mean no disrespect. We can't... It's a great intellectual debate. Great intellectual debate. And I think that both sides have points. But we cannot just become fascinated by intellectual debate and not be consumed by the daily grind that we have on the The reality, today. yes, I agree. The reality must coincide with the, with, you know, with the rhetoric. And I, I, most, I totally agree with that. And um, you know, that's not something that I'm, I'm going to argue about. But, um, you know, I have some people who want to call in, Moses. I mean, you know, you know your, your listeners out there, they... they you know they um they're uh, chafing at the bit, if you will. So um, I um yeah well you, you want to take a couple of calls. 
Yeah, man, I don't have a problem. Okay, um, Carla, you on the on 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 the line? Um, you have you have a question for Mose? Okay, let. Okay, until until we get the acknowledgement, Mose. Um, you know, they would. Um, you know, I. Okay, uh, who's on the line? Carla, could you tell? Uh, Carla, you on the line? Hello. Yeah, Hubert. Um, hey, Hubert, you hear me? Yes, uh, Moose can hear you too. You directly yeah, question to Moose. Go ahead. Ask Moose. Yes, yes. Well, it's, it's both. It's both of you. It's both of you, and it's everybody else that's listening. This is um, Alex again. Alex Dillis in Atlanta. Okay. Uh, um, Alex. just listening to the conversation. Um, I appreciate again um, Moose being on there and enlightening all us with information. Information is always good. Um, just to touch something on what he was talking about, um, the the reasons in the diaspora with um, dual citizenship, whether American, European, or whatever. Um, when you're going back to Belize, I don't think anybody in their right mind really wants to go to Belize to deal with politics, to being in politics, just like though that's not his, just just how that's not his interest. Um, I don't think we want to have spent our lives working and doing what we do abroad to go back to that cesspool in, in, in Belize. But the thing why that's a topic for us is because of what we see happening in the country as far as the corruption, I mean, the list goes on and on. With, with the system that you say is in place, that everybody knows in place, the only way that you could change that system we could rant and rave we could pick it we could make all kinds of noise on the street that we want to do um we could close the shops down for a day um we could close car schools to be closed forever um for, for a little while but until you get invited to that party until you sit at that table um i i don't think that the people in paul will never change no matter how much noise you make um, it's a, I understand it's a slow process sometimes and things happen over a long time sometimes, but I believe that why we're even discussing the, the possibilities of getting, a represent, getting some kind of representation is to try to help change that system that, that everybody thinks that we just have to live with or that we live in and that it will, it will never change. It will either be red or blue. Um, I, I don't believe that. I think that given the right motivation, given the right education, um, uh, given the right campaign or whatever, that we could uh, uh, spread some knowledge and information to our people to, to let them understand that it doesn't have to be this way. Even though we've lived this way for generations, it doesn't have to be that way. I mean, we don't have to be a nation of beggars. And I say that meaning that including all the politicians and stuff, that, you know, we seem like all the money just goes into their pockets. Nothing really goes for the poor people. Uh, okay, Alex, poverty in the interest of time, um, yeah. excellent, excellent. Moses, you, I don't, know, I don't know if you want to um, comment on that, but uh, there's another uh, caller who, um, you know, who, um, who wants to include. I just wanted to thank um, Brother Alex for contributing and I, I hear him I, I I know yes I, I concede that it is a, a daunting uh, initiative to try to, to change but I think uh, the history of mankind demonstrates that 
that while it required great effort to change things that you know would seem you know seems like they would never change that you know change has always been constant and so I, I, I would just say that what we what we need and I I believe that even with all its flaws I think that the American political um, landscape is far more mature and developed than ours and so those those Belizeans who have been astutely observing and engaging that I think that um, they need to to commit to not just fighting the fight of the Seventh Amendment, I think they have to commit to the entire body of, 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 of conversation about reform and about change and about, you know, how we can, uh, how we can, how we can outfit our political system that, it, that it's more, uh, that it incorporates more individuals, not just skilled um, Belizeans abroad, but that it enables and inspires um, skilled Belizeans here to become uh, motivated to want to be a part of the way forward. I think it's a it's, it's a whole conversation. It's not just a, a single a single uh, element of it. I, I think it's, it's it's a part of a whole process and a whole debate that has to take place. And I think the, I, I think that we need our brothers and sisters abroad to to really be fully engaged in the campaign for reform and. And, and to and to bring knowledge to that conversation, to bring experience to that conversation, because I I know that the American system is flawed, but it's a far more developed, a far more sophisticated, and a far more mature system than the one that we have here, in my opinion, at least. All right, Moose. We have a, in the interest of time, we have another caller, um, who. You know, I guess you know you are. You're, most, I, I must say that you, whatever whatever you generated, you know, you're, you're you're touching some nerves out there because a lot of people want to call in. But if you want to call in, we don't have a lot of time left. But seven one four two four two six one one nine. You can ask most anything. It's seven one four two four two six one one nine. Caller, you're on the air. Hello? Hi. You're, um, go ahead. Go ahead, brother. Hello. I, I'm listening to the uh, What's your name? Tell me what's your name so you can uh, with, know who you're talking to. Oh, this is this is this is Joseph Guerrero calling, and uh, I'm in Pennsylvania, and I have been one of the persons on the for, forefront of the battle for uh, us diasporans to get our full rights in Belize, without exception. Um, I think that we can uh, definitely uh, say that we feel that our struggle for full rights in the country of our birth is much more than an intellectual debate. No, it's much more than that. When you have immigrants in Belize right now, or immigrants when they come off the plane and they have economic Belizean citizenship, they can run for the office of prime minister. Why should we have to go through any kind of problems, trouble, uh, uh, any kinds of, of, of uh, uh, issues that these people don't have to face in order to have our rights. We were born there. These people can buy citizenships, corporations can buy citizenships, and they can run for the office of prime minister. There is no reason 
on earth whatsoever to deny Belizeans who were born in Belize their just rights because they uh, get another citizenship abroad. Look, that is not the case. Dual citizenship is not the case. It's not the point. Dual citizenship in Belize, you may run for a political office with dual citizenship. Let's get that straight. However, if you are a born Belizean who took another citizenship as an adult, you may not run for office. That's the only exception. That's it. So let's not fool ourselves here. Guatemalans who come to Belize and are given uh, naturalization for votes, they can run for office and become prime minister. They can uh, also hold a, a position in cabinet. Asians who come to Belize and get Belizean citizenship have the same rights. Anyone who goes to Belize has the same rights. In fact, uh, what's, what's the fellow's name who called into your show uh, the last time? He is a dual citizenship. He is a dual citizen. Pender is a dual no, citizen. So from, dual citizenship uh, is not the point. The point is that if you are a born Belizean, with dual citizenship, you may not hold office. Now let's do away with that rubbish. Let's even the, the playing field for Belizeans abroad to, be, to, be, to, to have the same rights as everyone else at home. And we are second-class citizens. We are. If we don't have the same rights as everyone in Belize, we are second-class citizens. Well, Moses, I, I think you... your opinion, sir. Go I, ahead, brother. I think you want to address that? I really didn't spend a lot of time working out all the, all the specifics about who is qualified to be in the government or not. But I will say this, that when that issue came up and it was being debated, um, my recollection was that you could not be somebody that has dual citizenship regardless of where you have the dual citizenship and you would not be able to serve in the House of Representatives. You would have to basically, at that point in time, um, give up that, that other citizenship. I have heard that Mr. Penner has um, citizenship in Canada. When he was going up initially, that would have been in 2008, um, that was an issue that was brought to the front by the opposition party. And the, by the government at the time, the ruling party, and the opposition party had fought that back and said that the man does not have any dual citizenship. Uh, so if he, if he got into the house with dual citizenship, he got into the house on deception. He did not get into the house saying that he had dual citizenship. Because if he has dual citizenship, okay. That's not, okay. he can't uh, be in the house. So let me, I, I, let me, I, this is, a, sorry, sorry. Go ahead. We don't. Okay, yes, yes, Joe, ahead. do me a I'm favor. Saying that, I'm saying that if Penner has, make it quick, we don't have a lot Penner of time. If Penner has dual citizenship, then that's a matter of uh, him getting there by deception, and not a matter of the laws permitting him to have dual citizenship. Okay. And if somebody comes, for example, for example, and uh, you know, we have we have railed against having. In fact, the laws do not permit. Um, people that are born in Guatemala to be even able to vote, but our political leaders have been allowing them to vote despite what the Constitution requires, and we have been making a big fuss about it. In fact, it's only until uh, Minister House, in one of his best acts since becoming minister, that he has halted that process. And he has halted the process 
And I think now there's also a requirement. They say that the way how they are going to get around this, and I think it's bogus, is that they have, they have when they receive Belizean citizenship, they basically have to uh, say something that says that they are giving up uh, uh, their, their rights as a citizen of... Okay, of right there, Moose. So let, 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 me, yeah. let me talk about a couple of issues that you brought Please up. Make it quick, Joe, because okay. we only have like five minutes remaining. Okay, very good. Now, Mr. Penner said on Channel 7 he has dual citizenship. Belize can't do anything because the laws allow him to run even with his dual citizenship because if he was born in Canada, that's through no fault of his own. So the, the law says if through no fault of your own, you are a citizen of another uh, country as when your parents give it to you as a minor, Belize can't hold it against you. You're free to go. You're, you're good to go. You can run. And it's the same issue with Mr. Mike Campbell, who admitted openly and freely on Hubert's show a couple of weeks ago he is a dual citizen. He has uh, British citizenship, and he is a naturalized Belizean. He can run for office. Uh, also, I, I, well, you know, your, go ahead, Mo, go ahead, Mo. If that is the case, then again, and again... It's I, the law. It's not my view. It's the law. Okay, if that is the law, if that is the law, Joseph, the point I would make is this. I would be on the position of arguing for that to change that. That cannot occur. I would not be on the side that says, well, because that is occurring, what we need to do is to make that available to Belizean Americans as well. My position would be is that once you're going to be in the House of Representatives, you have to have one citizenship. That's my view. Okay, I appreciate, I appreciate your, your view. And, uh, however, the reality on the ground is, um, uh, in light of your view as well, the reality on the ground is that we Belizeans with dual citizenship go home. We are second-class citizens, and I think that's the point we're trying to get across to our people at home. They need to understand that. Oh, by the way, most regarding your point with the Guatemalans getting citizenship, yes, let's look at the law very carefully. There is a, a, a section in the law that says, uh, yes, Guatemalans are not supposed to be, but if by if the minister the minister uh, makes an exception, the those law, are not the words. But if the minister the, makes an exception, the they may they the may give them exceptions. The, the and it doesn't. Oh, by the way, it doesn't specify which minister. Hold for a minute, Joe. Yeah. Go ahead, Moses. The law makes a provision for one thing: if Belizeans happen to be in Guatemala and a child should be born in Guatemala. That's the only thing the law is there for. It is the, it is the leaders who have used that without any legal ground, because when the law is explained and broken down by legal experts, we've had that debate. It, it, is, it, it is unlawful, and that is why the minister decided, because he had lobbied so hard against it when he was uh, outside of the system, because he knew that they the powers that be had no right. The only exception that is made in the law is the event that Belizeans should be in Guatemala and a child be born there, and everybody knows that their money, and father, and granny, and everybody that from Belize. We've had that issue with Yolanda okay, Chacon. Guys, That's what Yolanda Chacon's issue was I'm going to have to cut it short. We're out of time. Okay. We're out of time. Moose, Joe, thank you very much. Moose, I want to thank you, brother. Um, we're going to have to do another segment with you at some point down the road because, as you can see, you know, there's a lot of questions out there. Moose, I want to thank you. Um, I really appreciate it. I'm sure my callers appreciate it, you taking the time out to come give us this popular education. We really, 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 really are grateful for that. And um, 
I, I mean, you know, say hello to everybody in Belize and say hello to your dad for me, you know. Um, yeah, I you know say, peace, uh, a blessing. Did you go, any final thoughts? I want to say, I want to, I want to. Quickly. Yeah, I want to um, send my shout out to uh, Brother Nui, Brother Nui Akbar. I got a shout out Brother Bilal. And uh, shout out everybody that's in tune. Um, I really appreciate the invitation, uh, Brother Hubert, and I uh, really enjoyed the conversation. And, uh, and to Joseph, I hope that, um, you know, we could, she could call in the show and we can continue. Actually, Moses, um, what I would like to propose to you, I would really like for us, the diasporans, to talk with you about this very issue on your show so that we can educate Belizeans to the truth as what's going, what's going on. Okay, Moses, the brothers and sisters, Moses, the, bro- the brothers, the brothers and sisters. Okay, the brothers and sisters. Okay, we don't have Joe. Joe, we'll talk to Moses about okay. that. I, we have a dialogue with Moses. No, don't worry All about right, it. Moses, the righteous brother. Okay. He, once his word is, once he tells you something, right, don't worry about it. He will. Moses, in 30 seconds, Amen. a final thought. Man, I just say that um, we need the people who are listening to the show right now, but we need them. Respect to the fact that we, I, I, I have a disagreement with those who, uh, you know, feel the way that Joe does, but I, that's not a, a disagreement that is born from malice or one that is born from um, dismissiveness. It's just, you know, I think that we, are, we must have the space enough to be able to disagree with respect or with the purpose of trying to, to reach a better place. So I, I don't have a problem with continuing that conversation. I just want us to agree on one thing that we need one another, the way forward is with one another, and um, if we have an issue, like we have this particular issue, well, let's continue talking about it. I am sure that if our interests and our hearts are clean and our intentions are good, we're going to find a place where we can, we can, we can, we can, we can find that compromise and we can move forward because we need, we need you guys, no doubt. All right. Thanks a lot, Moose. Thanks and praise. Um, Brother right, Moose, you have a good weekend, you know. Bless up to everybody and, you know, peace. Everybody, please do the right right thing. Respect. Respect.